Welcome to episode nine of the Black and Fashion Podcast. This is the first episode of 2019. I hope that everyone's year is off to a inspiring, motivated, focused, and clear start. I'm very, very, very excited about episode nine. This is all about inspiration and what better person to have um, called in all the way from Florida is Erica Appleby, the owner of ETA Lux. Um, I actually met Erica at work. We worked together when I worked at Moray Group. She's a designer that, very, very talented designer that I met there. Aww, Amazing you, spirit, beautiful, naturally stud. Just love everything about her. Erica, say <laughs> hi. Hi. What's up, guys? Yes. I know, right? Why am I so cheesy? <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm over here glowing, girl. All right. So I want to hop right in. Um, so um, I I know that, you know, we've had our different discussions at work and via text and stuff like that. That's why I was really excited to bring you on because I just feel like you do so much. And um, you've been in New York and you've done your thing. And then you've been in, are you in uh, Fort Lauderdale? Are you in Miami or where are you in Florida? I am currently in Miami. Miami. I so know very, that. yeah, very close to South Beach. Though. Okay. So my first question is, because you have lived in Miami, you've lived in New York, and you've had to run your business from both states, my first question is, what challenges have you endured relocating your business from one state to another, and what tips can you give to uh, entrepreneurs and aspiring designers that have um, moved around or did different things like for their business? Yeah, so uh, me personally, in the challenge department, I haven't really... Um, endured that many challenges as people would think. Um, we live in an age today where we're very technological based, you know, so you can run a business while you're sleeping. And a lot of us have uh, remote businesses that are all predominantly online. So for me, my business has remotely been online. Um, of course, I've mapped it out to where um, I'm able to deal with my clients that are from out of town or out of state. I, I have a way that I can manage that. Um, but most, I guess the most, like the biggest issue for me when I first transitioned was finding vendors that were able to um, match my pricing or, or give me like specific details and things like that that I like to use in my designs. And so what I did prior to transitioning was I built myself a network and made sure that I kept in contact with all of the vendors that I loved in New York, um, maintain those connections, foster those connections. You know, I think it's very important for anyone who's looking to move and travel, you know, owning a business to build a, web, a network, to foster those cre uh, connections, to create a system for themselves that really allows them to work from anywhere, you know? Gotcha. And just being like, I was so used to being able to hop on a train and walk into my favorite stores. And then when that completely shifted for me, it was like, all right, you know, we got to start using our brains. How can we be smart about uh, our business? How can we use different things in order for us to get what we need? So whether that's scheduling trips to New York every now and then to pick up everything that I'm going to need or um, finding a vendor in L.A. or finding a, a vendor in here in Miami or New York, wherever it is, like just fostering and building a community for what you need. 
Gotcha. I found it very challenging for me when I came from Chicago to New York. Um, it, you know, I feel like I didn't have a clientele at all in New York, um, and it was very, very challenging for me. And I think I made a lot of mistakes, and I try to like steer people away from those. Like I came, and I was like overly ambitious, and I opened up a studio that I didn't really need, and I just think I did a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have done. And had I known what I know now, it probably would have been a lot different for me. So you got yeah. you got it all together. I didn't have a clue, girl. Like well, not a clue. I mean, I wouldn't say that I have it all together. I think I think when we're like and we talked about this a bunch of times, when it comes to having a business, you know what I'm saying? Like you're always going to be looking for that next client. You know, you're always gonna be looking to build that that next uh booking for yourself. And so for me, what was great for me is that I never really um, lost the connection that I had here in Miami. You know, like I would, I would always be traveling back and forth. If I was promoting, I was promoting for both Miami and New York. And because this is home for me, it was almost like I, um, I never really left in a way. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I probably would have did okay had I had stayed in Chicago, but I just feel like that was not the place for me. Do you feel like your business has thrived a lot more by going um, back to Miami, or do you feel like you had um, pretty good uh, revenue when you were in New York? Revenue-wise, I think it was a little bit different because um, my opportunity for connecting with people on the fly was a lot better for me in New York. Here in Miami, it's a little bit different because Mm, this is a hard question. <laughs> um, but you said that was home, so like I guess when you're in your home, like when you're in your hometown, you're always going to be a lot bit a lot more successful because of the people that you know, because of the you really really built your brand and started your brand in one place that you took it somewhere else so you took it back. So I think if I went back to Chicago, I would probably be a lot more successful. But yeah, I'm not doing that. Okay, so for me. Personally, I think because I, I was so used to building my brand and having the momentum of building my brand in New York City, that is what I was I was really used to, you know what I'm saying? Like, the way that I shifted, the way that I moved, the way that I would play, the way that I would communicate with people was all New York-based because I feel like the energy in New York is completely different. When I came here to Miami, um, my business and my even me personally, I shifted into a whole different space, so... I feel like I'm kind of uh, like re- revamping and rebuilding my business from a different uh, frame of mind now. You know, when I was first coming out, I had a different vision. And I'll talk about this a little bit later. But like um, when I was first coming out and I first launched my brand, um, I had a different vision. So for me now, it's like a, it's just a little bit different. But in terms of like clientele and building, Primarily, my focus has never really been about uh, just one state, you know, or like just one place. It's always been how can I bring this forth to the world via using social media or using technology to, to talk to as many people as I can who might be on the same wave as my brand. Gotcha, gotcha. 
So what are some of your time management tips or like routines that you use, like say on track? Um, I guess I feel like it's a little bit difficult when you're like when you're the boss and you're in control of everything. And but you're like still trying to have like a social life or a relationship or like spend time with family, but also like (laughs) do what you need to do. So what are some of the things you do? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, for me, I have, I've gotten used to being okay with, with missing things. And that's, it's very hard to say, but yeah, I've gotten used to missing those family events or missing that, uh, birthday party with my best friend and all all those things. Um, but it all starts with like, for me, for this year in like perspective, I started out by making a vision board and writing down a grand vision for myself. And then from that, I break down my grand vision into macro and micro goals, you know, breaking those macro things down into tangible things that I could do every month, every week or every day. Um, and then I, go, I do as I go, depending on whatever it is. And then I use Google Sheets, Google Docs and Google Calendar a lot because it links from my MacBook Pro to my phone, I'm able to color coordinate, to color coordinate everything. So if there's a day or a time for something, I'm able to like say like, you know, this is allocated for this. And I also keep a bullet journal with me at all times. You know, I'm still a really big person on having that connectivity from hand to paper might be old school for some people, but I really believe that there's a frequency that transitions from your hand to paper when you're excited about an idea or, you know, you have a certain determination about something that you're going to do. That energy, that frequency of writing it down stays with you. And then when you're able to revisit that list, it helps you to bring back that, that same momentum and energy so that you can help yourself to manifest that thing, you know, quicker. Yeah, that actually makes like so much sense because I put a lot of things down in my calendar as well, like uh, on my phone. But I even when the mm-hmm. alarm goes off or the calendar goes off, I don't always pay attention to them. Like I am like paper, paper, like I have to scratch things off. I have to put a check mark next to it. If yes. I don't get it done one day, I have to put an arrow and push it to the next day. Like I literally write everything down. And when I don't have my planner with me, I go freaking nuts. I'm like, I have to stay strategic because <laughs> it's just difficult, like being an entrepreneur. I mean, I mean, I still work full time, too. And I do my podcast. I do my consulting. I do my teaching. So it's just a lot. If I don't have it wrote down and like looking at and I will I will take a break at work and like open it up and I will just stare at it and figure out, okay, what do I need to shift around or what can I add to it? It's like I constantly want to like check things off and make sure like Mm -hmm. I'm getting things done, especially when it comes to my business, because sometimes if there are things with my business I could do at work and I'm not really doing anything, I'm going to do them, you know, and that's like, you know, marketing, (laughs) advertising, all type of stuff, whether it be making meeting schedules or following up with vendors and stuff like that. I do the exact same thing. Like I have to Mm -hmm. have it in front of me. And I recently bought this, uh, planner called uh levels and you really you have to write down the goal of the day every day and all of the tactics to get to that goal and the main purpose of the goal is like a sheet and you have to fill it out every single morning and I do that every single morning like after I meditate and I find that it really really like works for me and like sets the tone for my day and then I'll go back and I'll write the results from that day like if I got it all done and what I need to work on or what I need to reschedule like for another day yeah, yeah, absolutely. And girl, I I schedule everything. Me mm-hmm. time, 
don't pick up your phone time, like all those don't things, set those reminders for myself because sometimes I feel like, like you said earlier, because we are the boss, we get so like stuck and um, into a routine of not managing ourselves mm-hmm. that I I don't I don't play now. I start scheduling every little thing. Take a shower, brush yeah. teeth. Like, <laughs> if, girl, if I have not, one for those. I have I have that too. Was, I'm like, wash hair, do the laundry. Yep. <laughs> Girl, to you the tea. schedule everything so that you can create, you can start creating those new patterns in your mind. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it, it's not going to happen. That's true. That's true. So let's, let's move on to the next question. What does branding mean to you and what are effective ways of managing your brand? This is always the exciting part. So branding <laughs> for me is the DNA of your company. It really is like the overall true essence of who you are, who your company is, like what it's all about and what differentiates you from the next person. And, you know, when I think about it, you know how we always hear that little saying, like stay in your lane? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's where this really applies for me because, when you're building something, it all, it's always very easy for you to look to the left and the right of you. But when I, you know, and you can copy something and I'm not, I don't mean that in the, in the manner of like maybe looking to a bigger brand for a motivation or inspiration or something like that. But a brand is something that is very authentic to who you are. You know, you can't fake authenticity. You can't fake something that's genuine. Um, and it shows too overall, like when you, like when you look at people's brand and it's kind of all over the place, sometimes that's because they lack business confidence in themselves because they don't even know what their business is really about. Yeah. So I've had struggles with that too. I've had to like take a step back and really figure it out what it is I wanted to do and like redo my logos and really like kind of like pick a category and kind of stick to it and be good at it. Cause I know I've definitely been all over the place with prom and wedding and swimwear and mm-hmm. lingerie and, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, you know what? What do you like the most? What do you really want your brand to be known for? What are you really, really good at? And I figured it out. And I'm like, Oh, it's outerwear and it's handbags, which is a very good business. Mm-hmm. But it took me a long time to get there. And I'm still, yeah, and, and it's still exactly. a process too. Like I'm still building it and trying to figure out uh, how I'm going to do it. So um, I learned to like st- step back and take my time. That is like not a rush to like push it out there. Like, cause when I put it out there, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do well. And I really want to have the branding like perfect behind it. And that's still something that I feel like I'm struggling with and that I try to work on every day, you know, whether it be like I delete, try to delete things from my Instagram or I, you know, I still have to clean it up or, I, but I, also made a separate business page so I'm like yeah I only have like Collier Bateen on that page but then it's like I want my me to be aligned with my brand so I have to catch right. myself sometimes like don't post that don't post things like this you got to do this you know because me and my yeah. brand should be one and the same and I saw that you had put a post up uh, recently about like when you become one with your brand and that's what I'm trying to get to and it's such a struggle yeah no it it really is and it's like I've when I'm speaking now, it's speaking from me really, like you said, struggling with those things and mulling those things over and over for years about what what this means to me, what my brand really is. And like for me, um, now that I've broken it down, like the first step is always to go back to my why. Like why am I building this? What is the sole purpose of why I'm building this? And then from there, you know, 
pulling out the aesthetics of the brand. Like, what does it feel like? What do, what colors feel very, you know, u- like uniform to this brand? Um, like, what what type of fantasy I want to build? Because even when I think about the greats, like Coco Chanel, Ralph Lauren, they started out with a Y, you know, for whatever time period that they were in, they started out with a Y and then they built like these ideals or these fantasies based off of this brand that they wanted to create for whomever else, you know, it wasn't just for them, but they almost like built a community that was like, Hey, come on. Like, I know that you envision this too. And so I think that's what keeps it very genuine to us. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't, and then they they were so ahead of their time. (laughs) I just me? Go, no, so I said you're so ahead, but they're also like those brands that you spoke of, like they just got it. Like and some people have it or they just don't have it, you know? Like Yeah. I want everyone to have it. I want I want to have it myself. I know that it's just so hard, which is why I feel like some brands in the industry have failed because they didn't keep up and they didn't have like really good brand managers, which I think nowadays is actually a degree in a lot of schools, like, uh, like having a brand manager and really, really learning, like breaking it down, like the perfect way to do yeah. it and how to get it done. And it's done with a whole bunch of different type of companies, like a lot of different retailers, even like music artists. I have a friend that's a brand manager for Epic Records. Like, so she's managing yeah. different artists and keeping them on track. And I just feel like with designers, it's very difficult for us to do it alone because we just so creative and we have this creative aspect about us. And that's all we want to do is create, create, create. And then we lack the business structure in it, which absolutely ultimately will make us fail because the business behind it and making that revenue is the most. (laughs) Yeah. And Mm. that's, that's the crazy part for me when, especially when we were going to FIT, well, when I was going to FIT, like Uh for me, I was like, okay, I have the creativity of it all, but there's something that's missing. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. nobody, nobody tells you when you're sitting there in your sewing class or in your pattern making class that, the way that you're really going to be successful yep. in your business is you're going to have to learn how to market yourself or your brand to other I have, people. I know? had one black teacher in the sewing class that did tell me that. Like, he gave me the lick. He was like, look, baby. He used to call me sister girl. Sister girl. I was the only <laughs> black girl in his class. Only black girl in his like, sister girl, let me tell you what's really up. And he would give me, like, yeah. all this tea and things that I needed to do. And he was like, make sure you do an internship in New York, which I didn't get a chance to do yep. in college. I didn't end up doing it until I moved here and got my master's. But I... Did like a I did it with a lady who had worked here previously and she owned her own business and uh, she was a Jamaican lady and she did a lot of like custom pieces and stuff like that and I went and I worked for her but he was like literally like that only one teacher that was like let me tell you honey this is how it's gonna go down you know and then yeah. the other and the other ones I had some really shitty teachers which is like why I like the teacher as well like I'm like now I'm only when it comes to the business like when it comes to the brand and everything I may not do it in my own brand but I will preach it to the gospels like I know that I should be Absolutely. doing it but I just want everybody else to not make the same mistakes that I did you know same here and that's exactly why this is exactly why I feel like this podcast is such an amazing platform because sometimes things like this um like we don't we didn't get that you know you you were you were lucky enough to have somebody who did tell you that but for me I had to learn all of this stuff on my own Mm -hmm. and you know even learning like and managing your brand and being consistent like even when you feel like you don't have any products you know Mm -hmm. or you don't have nothing like you don't have nothing to sell but you still want to keep your potential clients or your audience, like, linked to your brand? Like, how do you go about doing that? And, like, 
right. you know, using inspirational pictures that you can find from Pinterest that might align with the same story you're trying to tell. Nobody freaking tells us stuff no, like that. No, and even, I took that, um, a cel- wait, what was it called? Emerging Designers, Accelerated Course for Emerging Designers at FIT. They had a course there where they did go over, like, the social media and stuff like that. But the way they taught it, I don't think the instructor was that good because she was just basically, like, let technology do all the work for you. And you set up, you basically pay for all these different companies that you, that will automatically post for you. That automatically, like, will like pictures for you. And I was just like... Is that really the only way? And that just seems to me very, very expensive when you start off. Like, I got to pay another company to do my yeah. post for me to actually get this right. And um, I just wish it was a little bit more information to me. Um, and for it to be an FIT accelerated course for people that were already designers, I was a little shocked at the information that I was receiving. I'm like, some of this uh, don't make sense to me. I know that production yeah. class definitely didn't make sense because I was teaching that class. I'm like, yo, no. That's not how it's going to go. <laughs> Let me tell you what's up. <laughs> Let me help. <laughs> That is fun. No, it's it's. I I feel like even though we have all of these technological advances, like word of mouth and building your community and building a rapport with your with your peers, still is something that everybody runs by. Like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, if I if I have a hot brand or if I'm wearing a hot brand and you see me in it and you're like, girl, what is that? That's that's exactly how it is, and that's exactly how it is on social media. Like. Thanks. One thing becomes tied and people are all sticking to it because it's like almost like you have to build like a, a visual for people in advance. Mm. What's your uh, favorite way to like pull inspiration, um, you know, that helps you like create new things? I read a lot of books. Like I read a lot of like self-empowerment books and a lot of entrepreneurship books. Um, so for me, I like to just keep myself always learning, always learning something new. Um, and I also like try to do things that are new to me. So like I'll, ex- I'll ex- expand my horizons beyond stuff that I just know. So I'll go to museums or um, I'll go to, you know, reading research or science or art or whatever it is. Like I just, I don't like to pigeonhole myself into a box. Right. Because for me, that's not that's not the way that I learn. So I really try to push myself to find something new always, like whether it's a new experience to a new band to whatever it is, something that's going to spark some frame of thought for me. Right. That makes sense. I, when we were in in undergrad, they made us go to like the art institute and like the museum and the shared aquarium or we'd have to walk around and we had to do like these little quick sketches and stuff like that. But back then... To me, I didn't. I just. I wasn't grasping it. I guess as much as I probably yeah. should have because I didn't really enjoy it. Now I love it. I love going outside. I like to sit on my patio and I like to draw. I like to go to museums. I like to go look at things, and those things also inspire me. And it was that book that you recommended, the Own Your Glow too. And she was just talking about different ways of just like sinking. She said something about sinking your feet into the dirt of nature. And I have like a park by my house. And I sat there like and I did exactly what she said in the book. And then I whipped mm-hmm. out my drawing pad and I came up with so much stuff, like just being immersed in like nature. And I swear I didn't get that in college. I'm just like, this is not this is not inspiring. I am not getting inspired. I do not <laughs> like this. I did. Have- yeah. And 
I did have Go one ahead, class, a concept class, where she made us do a collection based off of emotion. And even that, yeah. I was like, uh, I'm not emotional about anything. And she was just <laughs> like, you got to pull it out, Lenise. Like, you got to pull out some type of emotion. And at the time, I was in, like, a domestic violence situation with a guy. So I made a whole collection of, like, things that were just completely ripped. Distressed. Yeah. Ripped, distressed, torn. Everything was dark. Everything was... It, it took me a long time to actually want to do that and to, like, pull that out and put that on paper. Like, I found that very, very difficult. But when I was done, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful work of art. I got an A in that class because of it. And my teacher was mm-hmm. like, is everything all right with you? I was like, girl, you told me to pull out the emotion. I pulled out the emotion. There you go. Yeah, yeah. and you know what's interesting, too? Like, what I'm learning, especially when it comes to women of color or not designers of color overall like sometimes I think it's important for us to like do exactly what you just said like push yourself beyond your scope of what you know because I feel like sometimes we struggle um let me be careful how I say this but no I'm say gonna, it I'm freely just, I'm gonna just be honest say it I'm freely just be honest <laughs> I'm gonna just be honest I think as a people sometimes we struggle heavily with cognitive dissonance which is basically like you having an ideal of something that you want to do and then subconsciously stopping yourself from achieving that goal because of what you know or where you come from. Mm, and so that's deep. if you're not if you're not pushing yourself, you know what I'm saying? If you're not pushing yourself beyond your neighborhood, beyond you know, that whatever it is, your like environment. whatever it is, mm-hmm. if you're not pushing yourself beyond that, you're gonna be stuck and it's 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 extremely important for you to always be growing. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're alive, you need to be growing. Absolutely. Like, growth is everything. And people do get stagnant and, like, complacent, and they don't challenge themselves. And I, I can't lie and say I had, I wasn't one of them. Like, I, I know yeah. there – and I know that we sometimes get caught up in doing the custom thing, which is us doing something that somebody else wants, opposed to us, like, actually being creative, which – Oh, girl. Yeah, which is very difficult. Yeah, same here. Like, and I wasn't being creative. Like, to me, like, I was copying what other things. Well, not cop. Well, yeah. Well, they they come and show a baby picture of more than likely some type of celebrity. And it's like, I would try to, like, redo that design. And and sometimes they didn't have the same body type. Sometimes I wasn't able to find the exact fabric. You know, it was just like a full on challenge. And it was just something that was very, very difficult to do. But I did it for the money. And I let the money, like, kind of blindside me from, like, the creative aspect, which is why I stopped doing it. And I'm like, I will not make another custom gown because it's like really stripping me of the creativity. And then if I do something and it doesn't come out the right way, then it's someone talking about my work and talking about my sewing or whatever be that ultimately fuck. I shouldn't say fucks with. That messes with my mind frame. (laughs) (laughs) Messes with my mind frame. I'm like, oh my God, it just puts me in a sunken place if that makes sense. Like anytime I've ever had someone that wasn't satisfied with my work, it gets me in a sunken place. And I'm like, I shouldn't be that way. Like I should Mm -hmm. be doing the supply and demand. Like I should figure out what the niche is, what people like, but also what I'm good at and that I can give and show my creativity and just put that out there opposed to just like recreating dresses that I've already been done. Mm-hmm. So. And I think we could ultimately do both, right? Like, yeah. Like, I don't want to do both, though. Like I'm out. I'm, I am out the game. I am. I'm not. I am out the game. Don't ask me to make a prom dress. It. Don't ask it. me. I'm over it. I, I don't want to make a prom dress. I don't want to make a wedding dress. Don't ask me anything about evening wear. Period. I'm done. It's over. It's done. It's out the window. I am a ready to wear designer. I am an out of wear designer. I am a handbag designer. That is all I do, yeah. and I'm gonna stay in my lane and just that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> 
you got to be true to yourself. And mm-hmm. I think, I, personally for me, over the years, what I've realized is, like, if it's true to you, then that's okay. You know what I'm saying? You could do what makes you, maybe you do the basics or whatever that make you the money. Right. But make sure that you're also doing something that fuels your soul. Absolutely. You can't just be sitting out here trying to work for the dollars because that's not why you started. Like, Absolutely. I'm still trying to pay the, the dollars money, back. Th- <laughs> yeah, if, if it's all about the money, it's not about that. Right. It's something that fuels your soul. Because this, this idea, this manifestation didn't come from you. It came from the higher source. So Absolutely. you have to be doing something that's going to fuel that ultimately, too. You're right. So my into my next question, um, what is, like, I've seen, like, you're, you know, I've watched your YouTube channel a few times. And um, I just wanted to know, like, what your, like, what your main goal was for, like, starting a YouTube channel. And, like, what do you hope to accomplish by um, putting it out there? Yeah. So my YouTube channel is called Everything Looks. And it is basically, like, this podcast. Like, it's a, a spillover of my brand where I talk ultimately about motivation, the lessons that I've learned. Um, tips and tricks that can be done for black designers or designers everywhere, whether they're trying to learn how to draw or sew, whatever it is. But ultimately, it's a place where I can teach, you know, and Mm. give back. Because I feel like you and I especially have talked about this so many times before. Like, when we were coming up or when we were starting our brands, we didn't have anybody that we can look to, you know, that was giving us advice. And sometimes when we were finding those people who were giving us you know, like bits and pieces, they weren't always that welcoming. Absolutely not, especially not in New York. These people are mean. Girl, (laughs) I, like, I got stories for days. Yes, I'm like, these people are mean. They do not want to share it. I just don't get it. Because when I was helping, I was helping some other designers, and they were just like, oh, uh, we don't have to pay. I'm like, for me to show you, like, where some vendors are and where to go to get certain things, like, why would you have to pay me? You are a designer. You just don't know. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to charge you to tell you where things are at. I'm not going to charge you to take you to factories. Like, you're going to manage this out yourself, but I have no problem, like, being the introduction. Like, I will be the introduction. I will bring you in, show you whoever you need to know. Just tell me what it is you're trying to design and what you're trying to make. I guarantee you I have a resource for you. And I have no problem with giving out that information, but it's just so uncommon that they thought it was a surprise. They were like, really? You do that? Like, I spent the afternoon with these two girls. Um, They're two African-American designers. They haven't been out of school that long. And I'm like, yeah, if you catch me on a Friday, I'm always in the garment district. I can spend an hour with you, take you to all my vendors. And ultimately, that helps my vendors out, too. And that builds my relationship with my vendors because I'm introducing them to new clients as well. You know? Like, it's all, it's enough money out here. And there's enough uh, things like it's enough. Everybody can eat. That's how I feel. Yeah. Everybody can eat. Like it's not yeah. a competition. Like it doesn't have to be a competition amongst us. We all do something different. And even if we did do something the same, it's still never going to be exactly the same. Right. And how sad, how sad is it that we have to actually have conversations like this? Because for me, I'm like, doesn't it, it doesn't it do something more for you when you're enriching and putting somebody else on yes. like doesn't it doesn't it's so it do, fulfilling that's, and that's same thing for me like when i if i have the resources i'm gonna give it to you no problem absolutely because ultimately that means that you and your family get to eat you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. why should i be stopping you with the knowledge that i have i can die tomorrow all the knowledge that i have all the resources that i have will leave with me and somebody else will be struggling to try to find that. No, mm-hmm. while I'm here on this planet, 
while I'm here doing all the stuff that I'm going to do, I'm going to also help the next person, whomever it is, or the person next to me. Because, like you said, we all can eat. Right. Everybody can get it. It's right. <laughs> we can all design clothes. Like, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah, we can like, make it all. Like, I don't, I don't understand what, I don't understand what makes them feel like they're losing in some way right. when they are either nasty or hold back information from you absolutely so like on your youtube channel you are actually you're more hands-on so you're like doing sewing techniques and drawing techniques it's everything lux right Yes. Everything. Make sure you guys follow this I, YouTube channel. Like, everything looks so, like, for more, like, hands-on teaching. Because all my teaching is verbal. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all my yeah, teaching is verbal. <laughs> it's, it's more of a visual place where you can go and you can, like, you can actually see. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I, like I have a lot of ideas that I'm going to be rolling out this year, which will be, you know, visual representations of how to make stuff. You know what I'm saying? Or how to sew something or how to draw something or how to set up a portfolio. Nice. Like all of the things, I just keep thinking of like when we started, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Being young, being really, really ambitious and wanting to, to just put your creativity out there. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, okay, well, what, what would have been great? What would have been a great resource for me when I was starting out? Uh -huh. What can I do? So I mix in a lot of techniques. I mix in a lot of motivational stuff because um, just as much as you can be creative, it's also very important for you to have a marathon mindset. Like, know that this it's is more. not just going to be a microwave oven type of vibe. Like, you have to do this for the long haul. So mm -hmm. get your mind right. Make sure that your mind is in it. And also a lot of the things that we talked about, too, like business stuff. Sometimes you might not be able to get that in school, but you might get that from experience. And so whatever knowledge I have, I just share it. Yeah, I um. My, what I've added is, you know, I was trying to get, like, the black girls, like, our little group or whatever, like, the Black Girls Designer Club. So, what yeah. I'm doing is mentorship. So, Which I, I, love, have, I have two. I have two girls. I have one girl that's 17, um, and she's, like, coming out of high school, and I'm helping her. But she's an amazing sewer already. Like, she's really good. And I'm helping her with, like, her portfolio and how to set it up and how to create, like, this story so that it flows, you know, as she's, like, trying to get internships and also applying for different colleges. But then I also have right. a seven-year-old who I teach how to sew and she's just so ambitious girl. I have taught her how to make clutches and pillows. And I do this, mm -hmm. like I do this for free out of like my own time and out of kindness in my heart. Like it, I, no one has to pay for anything. And I go to her, like I drive to Queens every other Sunday and I teach her and I spend like an hour or two hours with her. And we just work on different techniques because my grandmother taught me how to sew when I was seven. And it's something yeah, in her absolutely. that I see in myself. And I was just like, she going to have a little pillow business just like I did in, in sixth girl. grade, making some money. Money, uh, but she gonna be even better than I was because my grandmother exactly. only was homeschooled, like, and she taught me, and I'm like schooled school, so I know like the ins and outs of it. So I'm just like, this little girl is gonna be a beast in eighth grade, in yeah. maybe sixth grade, <laughs> she's gonna be hitting. It. <laughs> but that's like, and that's I love it. I love spending time with her and teaching her, and I love like working with the 17 year old too because she's very like eager and motivated and stuff. And I love that. I wish that. I could take on more than, you know, two mentors at a time, but I want to get the other girls involved more. But, that you know, that's been a struggle, girl. I can't even get people to respond to messages sometimes. So it's, <laughs> it's hard out here. Listen. But I'm trying my best. So um, so how long have you been in business, Erica? Um, and what is your mission and vision um, behind your brand? So I started, well, I, my first collection was 2008, and my official launch was 2012. So uh -huh. it's been 
seven years worth of ups and downs, great triumphs and epic failures. And I'm just super grateful, you know, to be able to wake up every day and still have the ambition to want to go for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I haven't let anything that has happened to me over the years stop me. And I think it's amazing. Like, sometimes when I stop and I reread my journals or I look back on old videos, I'll be like, holy crap, like, I started my line with $100. Wow. And a vision. You know what I'm saying? Because I I wasn't able to go to school, so I had to take a semester off. My mom gave me $100 for birthday money early, and that's what I used to start building my first collection for me to do my first ever fashion show in New York. Wow. And it's just it's just been building from there, you know? And mm-hmm. now at this place where I'm at right now with myself, my brand, like I said, just relaunching it and really getting to the scope of what it means. It's just a brand that ultimately empowers women who want to create their own sense of style, who want to create their own life. And, you know, by doing that in a luxe appeal, like doing it sexy, ultimately, like ETA Luxe is that fly, sexy sister who you can always call, who's all, you know, who's loyal to you, and you can always call her for everything, you know. Love so that. that sense of trust, I love that. that sense of community. Oh, I love that. So yeah. any tips you have for new designers and designers looking, or designers like looking to make a shift like in their business? Of course. Um, I My first thing is always just start. Start with what you have. Start with where you are. You know, you hear we hear that a lot, but you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and be confident in what you're trying to build and know that nobody is going to take that from you. The mm-hmm. only person who can break that is you. You know, in creating a non-negotiable for yourself and knowing like, okay, this is what I'm building. I'm not going to, I'm not going to falter from that at all because I want this more than anything. Um, I think it's important for us to take our time, you know, be, make mistakes, be okay with failure. Know that like failing doesn't mean like this is the end, but failure actually means that you're getting ahead, you know, change your ideals and thought process about failure and using it to be your friend as, a, as opposed to your enemy. Um, and also your fears, like just knowing like if you're fearful about something, you're going in the right direction and that tells you, that's like your your in your intuitive nature telling you that you're on the right path because if it doesn't scare you then you're not playing big enough i feel that um, <laughs> yeah yeah but I ultimately it's just it's just about starting that and your confidence and making sure that you know some days it's going to be hard we have had it where you and i have talked and we were crying or sad about yes. whatever it is <laughs> that we were trying to build you know what i'm saying whether it was customers or clientele not understanding where we were coming from or whatever it was but like i don't you even know to what to say i'm like i remember coming over to your cubicle like erica this customer this customer i don't i don't know what else to do yes. oh lord i never want anybody to experience that Oh God! But but imagine now and see where 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 it's placed you. Like you have yeah. experienced those things. It's, I've experienced it's made some me, crazy shit too. I think that's what made me want to start this Black and Fashion podcast. It's because of all Absolutely. of the, the. I mean, the things that I went through as a business owner and not knowing and having to learn all these things on my own. I would not want people to go through half of some of the hardship or made some of the decisions that I made. So right. I, I'm like, I have to put this out there. I have to put out this knowledge that I know. I've learned so much in the past five yeah. years 
unbelievable in knowledge, like from working with different companies, from working with different customers. So I did the FIT program. I did the Parsons program. I did my program at LAM. They have an accelerated program right now at Parsons too that I'm doing and stuff. But I've learned so much just like working in this industry and learning on the entrepreneurial wave, like keep you a lawyer on deck just, just too. That's just like another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to have, you just never know. But that's yeah. why I wanted to do it. And then also some of the, you know, some of the, the bad things that we don't always talk about. I did a podcast last time, you know, we discussed, you know, what went on with like Prada and that blackface thing and like how Montclair did it. But it's like, I just want to like raise awareness, like, like, you know, where to stand, like, in the field, even when you're in the field, like how to interview and how, you know, how, how you should react in certain situations when you are that only black girl at your company. Right. But like yeah. you're still like on the side trying to trace your dream, you know, but you want to build yeah. up these connections and build up these contacts so that you can get to where you want to be with your business. So it's a struggle. It's an everyday struggle, but I just want to push and uplift and I'm rooting for everybody that's black. I really am. Absolutely. <laughs> same, same here. Because you can't change anybody. We can't change anybody's fate. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. whatever is for every every single one of us is for us. But ultimately, what I think, which is great, that we both enjoy doing, which is mentorship, is, like, we can be those pillars. Right. You know what I'm saying? I can't stop your fate. Whatever is going to happen to you is going to happen. But if I can maybe break your fall or, or be that one person that you can stand on sometimes when you have questions or you're feeling a little bit lost, mm-hmm. I don't mind doing that because it, it wasn't given to me and I know how that made me feel. Mm-hmm. So if I, could, if I could push it forward to somebody else, why wouldn't I? Absolutely. Pay it forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, I thank you so much, Erica, for joining me today. I really appreciate you Girl, taking anytime. out your time. Thank I you so this. much for having me on. Of I really course. appreciate it. I'm going to make sure I put all your info in the show notes, your YouTube link and your Instagram link and how to find you. So that way everyone can, especially these people who want to learn how to sew, they keep asking me. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I can help you. But <laughs> I can because so many people have asked me like so many people have asked me to make a YouTube channel. I'm like I don't know now. Like I might mess something up in the middle of the camera. I don't know how to do all that. <laughs> but I'm gonna send them your direction because you know what yes, you're doing. So. I'm just like uh, you can listen to me talk about it. I can help you this way. But <laughs> as far as like try to teach you some tricks, baby, I don't know because I got a lot of tricks and some of them you might not want to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much again, Erica. Is there anything yes. um, that you want to promote or anything like that um, that you want to tell the people about? Anything that's coming up or what to look out for? Um, mostly just always check back to epalux.com. That is really my hub for everything that I do, whether it's art-based or fashion-based. Um, and make sure to follow me on Instagram at Erica Appleby and at epalux.official where uh, we're going to be having a sale coming up so that we can get prepped and ready for all of the goodies that we have coming in for 2019. Nice. So I'm going to be getting, yeah, I'm going to be getting rid of all of a lot of the older styles. So just look out for I that. I sure and will. You know I'm on my wave, girl. I'm only supporting black-owned businesses. You saw I did for, for yes. my birthday, too. Like, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it if it ain't black. <laughs> And uh, I've been sh- I love and the dress that you wore for your birthday. Oh my god, amazing! Like so beautiful. Thank and you. And it's just it's the- just so amazing to continue to see black women and black designers, black artists doing amazing things. So we need to support each other. We will. Absolutely. I sure will buy me. I sure will buy me some stuff, girl. All right, <laughs> all right, Erica. Thank, thank you, you so much. You have a good Sunday. Okay, I'm gonna go you have a too. shot because I'm still celebrating my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Have girl. a good one. All right, All right bye. bye. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Black and Fashion Podcast. Uh, we will be airing on Wednesday, or if you tuned in live, you can get a snippet of what's going on right now. And thank you guys so much. Peace out. You guys can keep up with me via all social media channels. My handle is Lenise Collier. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, you name it. You can also check out my brand um, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram under Collier Bateen. Please feel free to send me messages, write comments, give me your feedback. I would love to hear from you guys. And once again, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Have a good one. Black. What you looking at? My skin is black. What you looking at? My skin is black. What you looking at? My skin.